Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This podcast is sponsored by David Not Hamon Gammon. To be more like David, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marla Show and become an official sponsor today. Joe Marler is a big-hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is Tom Fordyce. Joe, I'm a bit worried about today's show. I can see it. Really I can worried. see it on your face. The listeners can't see it because this is a medium of sound waves, not video waves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they can't see it. They can only hear it. Um, yeah, because you've got um, this this issue, haven't you, with what's going to happen today. We've got a whole episode of Clowns. And I believe that you suffer from... Coolrophobia. I do, Joe. Is that how I say it? You're you're the wordsmith. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Coolrophobia. Coolrophobia. Basically, Joe, I am terrified of clowns. What's happened? What did a clown oh. do to you when you were younger? Uh, I just right. I'm trying to break this down on on the way to record this today, and I think it's maybe two or three elements. Right? It's how clowns look. They look really extreme. I think it's the fear of being in an audience and the clown choosing you, coming up to you and you having to be taken out. Like, that's bad. But taken also, out? Well, you know, they get taken out. mafiosa <laughs> clown shot. Are you familiar with Cirque du Soleil? I've heard of it. I've heard it's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so modern circus done by it. And there's different elements of it. There's some extreme acrobats, all that sort of stuff. There's also people, and they're not dressed as clowns, but they might be very small people who are... Uh, made up and wearing prosthetic weird noses so they basically look terrifying like awesome. weird long curly noses with like okay. sticking out ears okay. and mm. i once went it's to... interesting that you bring up that description <laughs> interesting i see where you're angling it's fine so i once went to an event where some of the performers from cirque du soleil were there and i had had a very big weekend i'd had two very late nights in nightclubs and I was feeling really mentally fragile <laughs> at this event. And I was sitting there and it was a press launch for something. And so I'm sitting there with my pen and my notepad. And I suddenly became aware of these three like mad elves from Your Worst Nightmares prancing up the aisle. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, please don't come towards me. And I couldn't even look at them. I was so freaked out. And as I'm trying to pretend they're not there, I felt this tugging on my pen and I looked up, and one of them was right in my face, putting the pencil <laughs> up and out of my hand. I hated it, Joe. Oh, God, I can feel how <sighs> clammy your hands are getting without <sighs> even touching them. Oh, God, they're thick. <sighs> You're not alone, Tom. There's a lot of people that are scared of clowns, have an irrational fear of clowns. 
and it probably started way back when, in 1892, believe it or not, with the production of the Italian opera Pagliacci. I'm very, very impressed by this research, Joe. Thank you ever so much. But the Pagliacci story is mental, absolutely mental. Can I... Are you going to be safe if I carry on reading this? <sighs> yeah, go for it, come on. Right, so this is the prologue okay. of Pagliacci. Would you like me to do it in my Italian or normal Heafield voice? Italian, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gelato, bella. Before the... <laughs> Before the April begin, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get through it. I gotta try. Just drop it a couple of notches. Okay. Before, before... <laughs> the word has to sound. Let me finish. Before the April begins, a member of the small theatrical road company, Tonio, who looks like a clown, oh, no. steps before before the curtain. <laughs> He tells the audience that a clown is also a man, so a clown feels sorrow and pity just like a man. Okay. So right, I don't think I can get through it. You're going to have to read Act 1, I'm afraid. All right, so you give me Act 1. Hang on, let me read this. So it says, <clears throat> In the latter half of the 19th century, the small theatrical road company whose manager is Canio arrives in the village. Canio's wife is the main actress of the company, Neda. She gets sick of her husband because he's deeply jealous. Neda has another man, Silvio. Neda and Silvio promise to elope together. A member of the company, Tonio, overhears this promise and he informs Canio. Canio appears, but Silvio has already run away. Canio is infuriated. He asks his wife, who was that? But Neda refuses to answer. In the meantime, it was time to perform. In the dressing room, Canio wears his stage costume to play the clown. When he puts powder on his face, he cries. Alone. Is it just me, or do you also keep thinking of Paolo Di Canio? Yeah, all the way through that. Sorry. Yeah. Are you going to do Act 2? You do Act 2. I'll do Act 2. So I'll do Act 2. I won't do it in my uh, Italian, because we'll be here for <laughs> some length of time. Many villagers gather... <laughs> so it's just coming out. Many villagers gather... And the performance by the company starts. The story is similar to Canio's reality. The woman who is played by Neda meets her lover while her husband, who is played by Canio, is absent. And her husband comes home soon. Canio was out of his senses. In the middle of his play, he strongly asks, Tell me his name! <laughs> but his wife refuses to answer. The audience is excited by their realistic acting. Finally, Canio stabs Neda to death with a knife. Mm. The audience screams in horror. Before her death, Neda cried, Help me, Silvio! Silvio appears in the audience, but he attempts to run away. Canio runs after him and stabs him too. Canio tells the audience the comedy has ended. I mean, he's not wrong. He stabbed two people to death. Right, I'm so confused by this. Who's who is again? Is this real life or... <laughs> so does he actually stab someone or is it fiction stabbing? Joe, I think what's happened here... Uh, we both like the film Inception. We've referenced it on this podcast before. I think what we're saying here is that the people watching Pagliacci in the 1890s thought that some maniac had actually started stabbing people, uh... but it was actually just another layer... In the thing. 
Okay, so that's that was their act that they made themselves look ordinary and every day as if they were just the people in the audience or they were just the workers and they but then it was the but I'm not sure this is the sort of clowning I thought we would talk about. <laughs> I thought this was about clowns, not a rom com or tragedy. So I'm very confused. I thought clowns was just squirty flowers and blow up hammers. I feel we're taking a very dark turn here, Joe, so I'm just going to try and lift the mood slightly by asking you which of the following classic clown props you would most like to be able to utilise when we walk out of this studio in an hour and a half's time. The shoes. Wait. Oh. (laughs) You can have... You're not going to have the shoes. You can have a... The classic lapel squirty flower mm-hmm. to use when we go to the pub. Mm-hmm. You can ride to the pub on a tiny bicycle. Has it? Has it? Has it got a saddle? Has it got a saddle? It's got. It's not going to go up your ass, okay. but you have. You are going to look like a bear on a bicycle. Okay. Or you can try and drive to the pub in a small open top car, and as you proceed along the street, first that your door will fall off. Then a burst of steam will blow the bonnet off and then the other door will fall off and then one wheel will go down the road until you're left sitting in the road with no car around you except a steering wheel in your hands. Now that you've described that last one, if I saw that happening down Oxford Street, (laughs) I would actually laugh. I thought I wouldn't laugh at something like that. I'd be like, oh, that's so childish. If I saw someone doing that, I'd be like, this is fucking gold. What is going on? But I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to go with the bike. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be funnier for people to watch. Being a bit of an ogre myself, I want to I wanna make people happy and laugh by giving them something random. What about you? Are you going to be a normal clown with the white powdered face and the big nose that... Or are you going to be like a, you know, undercover clown where you just look like a normal bloke that is setting up Pagliacci. I would like Joe to be uh, appear to be an ordinary person but have a number of calamities before me. So I would, first of all, if we were going to a bar, a, a cellar bar, I would fall down the stairs but actually be okay. Oh, God. I'd walk into some doors. I would, what else could I do? I'd, I always like it when people have, like, for example, a chair broken over their head but actually they're okay. I used to have. I used to like having pretend fights in nightclubs, where you would do like ridiculous moves, like you were being knocked backwards, and then someone's pulled out an invisible sword, and then someone's, you know, someone's forced a grenade into your mouth, and then you've exploded, all that sort of stuff. Oh right, you're one of those guys doing those crazy dances where you put a grenade in someone's stomach as some way to impress the ladies. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yes, I am that man. Some of my happiest times have been pretending to swallow a grenade in a nightclub. I think we need to get the cloud on. <laughs> Let's get the cloud on before this really turns to a shower of shit. Huh? nearly had it our guest today is a clown his name is john uh-huh. how are you john <laughs> yeah, quite funny actually <laughs> welcome thanks joe so did you learn to be a clown as in <laughs> did you go to a clown school to learn it or did you just go 
oh, I fancy, I fancy being a clown. Both. So I fancy being a clown was the first thought, having done some serious acting, which I fell into by accident just because I had a housemate who took me along to a party and I got drunk and got apart. Anyway, but that, <laughs> that's another story. That's the acting story. But um, <laughs> I got given a role as a clown in a Victorian melodrama. Victorian melodramas used to have clowns in them next to all the serious, oh, no, all that stuff, serious stuff. That was me being serious, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I thought, oh, this is good. I wouldn't mind studying this and actually working out how to do this because I'd been doing acting without knowing what I was doing. So uh, I went to circus school in Bristol. And what sort of things do they teach you there? When you say circus school, there's mm. obviously a lot more to a circus than just clowns. Yeah. So I presume they've got a clown arm to their... <laughs> they've got a clown arm to their... The module. The, yeah, the, the establishment that they have at the circus school. Yeah. And you, you, you were taught by current clowns or former clowns or no clowns at all. <laughs> is, it, is it those who can't do teach Ooh, with the clown in that's world. a low job that is no so <laughs> clown school circus school so i thought i'll go there for the that was the place i i'd heard about for studying clowning um and I ha- we had to do all the skills as well but i mean i just did the minimum because couldn't be asked to practice at all never the but skills to, being you know trapeze and acrobatics and juggling oh. and all that stuff so i got to do all that like basic levels so at least i know how it's supposed to work can't do any of them but I, I was there for the clowning and there was um, a couple of teachers in improvisation stuff and a woman called Frankie Anderson who was my first clown teacher and she was she called herself a fool rather than a clown she distinguished between what she thought of as clowning and fooling and um, that lasted for a few years I, I was lucky enough to be there and that set me off and I thought okay that's it gonna that's what I am now now I'm a clown is there clown exams no, I joke that there are, but... Um, well, well, actually, I teach in universities and I have to mark, I have to grade the students right. on the clown module. What do you mean? <laughs> there's, there's a... Hang on. Did you just say you teach in universities? Yes, I do. As in clowns? Yes. <laughs> so you can get a degree in being a clown? Not quite. I have tried and nearly succeeded. But if you're studying drama or acting or performance studies, you know these days in this country or the states you'll probably have clowning as part of the stuff you do so london met yeah there's a clown module second years in theater and performance studies and they do that and i have to grade them as part of a whole module so they combine those grades and if they don't pass they they have to repeat that module john what sort of i'm sure there are different sorts of clowns can you talk us through because in my head the the classic clown that i'm seeing is the large red nose uh white painted face uh, and crazy hair. But I imagine there's, what, there's four or five different clowns, like Harlequins and what, Pieros and stuff like that? Yeah, so what you're talking about there is probably kind of a common image for a lot of people. Is is I'd say, like, historically, that's that's the last of the circus clowns. I mean, that grotesque kind of look definitely has a history. Um, I think there's always there's always been, broadly speaking, two camps. You know, there's the, the grotesque look and there's the there's the sort of normal look. Um, so you can either go like slightly invisibly clownish. Um, there's not, you know, at first sight you wouldn't. Well, so look, you, you hide. Yeah, kind of invisible clown. So you're not. You, it's not obvious that that you're a clown from first sight. Maybe when you look, you think, "Hang on, 
So you'd be in normal clothes. So, so normal clothes, they might be a bit too short, a bit too tight, a bit too big, you know, that. And then once they get, obviously, you know, the wrong kind of clothes <laughs> or the wrong kind of colours or the wrong, you know, just all wrong, then it's clear like, oh, oh this is a clown. Uh, I'm supposed to, I'm going to have to laugh at this person. You know, that's that's what it tells you. But then there's clowns that we, they don't tell you what's going to happen. Tom, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, John, so me and Joe were talking about uh, you coming to talk to us today and I confided in Joe two things. Um, Conf- hang on, confided means that you told me something that I shouldn't then, you know, bring up again, but I've just... <laughs> yeah. You've stitched me up, Joe. Um, possibly like a clown would. But, John, I, as a child, and I know I'm not alone in this, was terrified by clowns. Do you, does you come across that a lot? A bit. It's uh, it, it's a thing that's out there, yeah. The fun... <laughs> though, actually, the funniest thing for me is when adults think that their kids are afraid of clowns and they're not. Um, so there's, you know, there's a projection of it onto people and, and maybe, you know... Maybe that sticks. So, are you afraid now? It's <laughs> a good question. I feel like I'm on the spot, here, Joe. Well, you're not. Well, you're not. You're not dressed up in that grotesque. Just to clarify, the grotesque is big red nose, yeah. painted white face, your eyes thingy. What, what with the like triangles, specifically triangles, your hair like all crazy out, yeah. oversized shoes, yeah, gloves, 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 Ooh. all jazz hands, gloves. Like striped striped trousers, oversized with a hoop, with a big hoop to yeah. make you look like yeah. a massive like. Is that the sort of gear you're talking when you say yeah, grotesque? Yeah, fucking grotesque. That's a that's the sort of yeah, the grotesque. That's such clown. a strange way to describe that dress up as a clown. Because as soon as you say grotesque, I think of it, the clown, mm. and I'm like, oh fucking hell, it haunted me. It and Chucky. You know, um, yeah, from Child's Play, that ha- they that them two both haunted mm. my dreams in my childhood, but it didn't make me scared of clowns. No, it didn't make me scared. Yeah. I, you know, still enjoyed it, but you know that grotesque look, yeah, is what you're describing. It's, uh, I think, there's something interesting. So, from a positive point of view, when we had all that clown scary stuff a few years ago, and um, you know, oh, it started it, in Northampton, didn't it? The, it did the, start in Northampton. Yeah. The, did you remember this? Where, was this people dressing up as evil clowns and then just jumping out? Oh, jumping out at the middle, in the middle of, of the night. A lot of it was staged. But the point is, yeah, that that if I think one thing that clowns, they don't have to, they don't have to do anything, but they do is to break rules and you know, to break taboos, do things you shouldn't do, do things the wrong way around. And and that, that can sort of provoke a bit of fear. You know, it's like, oh, shit, he did that. Like, just walked across the road there without looking, you know, and doesn't care. You know, so there's, like, all the things we shouldn't do in life, clowns do. That's basically the job. Sorry, I just hit the microphone there. Shouldn't have done that. You see, that's that would, that's a good clown lesson. So it sounds, John, like you're saying that clowns perform this really important role for us in society because they do stuff that we couldn't do yeah. in ordinary life. Yeah, basically, I think that's, if you want to know what to do as a clown, you just do everything backwards i'm just intrigued as to some of the things that you're coming out with that resonate with me and yet i've never considered myself as a clown and yet quite clearly <laughs> i'm a clown i think you I'm might a fucking be clown you've been called a clown a few times i have been called a clown a few times and i think that do you think clowns get a bad rap then 
by you well, know all these sayings don't be a fucking clown it's like well why not why can't i be a clown yeah but that's the nature of the if you take it on as a job i, I know a lot of clowns and professionals that say oh you know uh you know people shouldn't use the word clown as an insult like calling politicians clowns and stuff because we're really nice guys you know nice people you know why they you know Major politicians being yeah. called clowns. That's not fair. We don't want to be associated with them. But, you know, we've chosen to be clowns who are the denigrated, marginalised, the lowest, you know, the idiots who are supposed to be insulted. You know, it is an insult. That's what we've chosen. So I think, you know, but it's a funny one. Yeah, you choose to to mess around with people and sometimes it's fun and sometimes they don't like it. So that's the line. Yeah, so sometimes it hurts get punched you think, hang on that was you know and sometimes sometimes it's fun so but clowns definitely there's um uh tribe north american uh i think it's the sioux or the lakota whose clowns are called they call them contraries because basically that's what a clown does in that society is to do everything contrary to the rules so when it's you know hot and dry they go swimming in the dirt and when it's that's they a, ride their horses backwards and that's, a, that's another tick the amount of times I've been called a contrary little shit <laughs> and never too. and never understood I was like what do you mean contrary I always thought they were just calling me Mary or like so, you know I was too girly or something because I didn't know what contrary is contrary in a rhyme it is Mary 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 quite contrary, contrary. How, eating a garden how does, how grow. Does how does your grow. garden grow? All around with cockle shells. Silver and bells and cockle shells and little all in a row. Something in a row. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That would be what I thought it was. Contrary little shit. There's another tick to that one. So yeah. does that mean, John, for you personally, that, that that when you're a clown and when you're dressed up as a clown, that you can do loads of stuff that John couldn't do? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I think the trick to doing it in a way that is entertaining is good for people is to do it in a way where there's no consequences. So teaching people if they're doing something, you know, some bit of clown action, something that normal people shouldn't be doing. You know, you're out in the rain and you haven't got an umbrella, sim- uh, uh, like now, you know, and so you walk through the rain. It doesn't matter, you know, that, that normally you go, oh, fuck, you know, it's rain, oh, fuck, you know, and you suffer from it. But as a clown, you just walk through the rain and get wet. Why not? What's going to happen? Nice. You might die in pneumonia, but so what? You're going to die anyway. So, you know, it can go to that, you know, it doesn't... The consequences that we fear and, and, and we want to avoid in our normal lives, clowns don't give a shit. And that, that's the use, maybe. Maybe. I, I genuinely... Before you came in, and I was thinking about, right, we're getting a clown on. Even my wife went... Getting a clown? What the fuck are you? <laughs> what are you on about? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting a clown on. Right, it'll be fun, should we see?" I never, in a million years, did I envisage you would come on and talk and made me, make me have some sort of thoughts around clowning being some form of metaphor for letting go of the things that you you worry about in normal everyday life. Like, just go out and walk in the rain if you want. Yeah. Don't mind. Do you, I know I'm, I'm not getting too deep or thinking about no. it. But it is a form of putting this mask on, yeah, and doing stuff that you wish you could yeah. do in normal life. And the rain one came to mind just now because it was raining. I thought, oh, lucky I bought my raincoat. But but also because I thought before coming here, <coughs> one of the things my one of my fondest memories of being a clown. It's just a silly thing. Happened one day. So I used to live in Spain. I lived in Spain for many years in Barcelona, and I, 
Uh, one year to survive, I went busking on the Ramblers, which is where, you know, at that time it was statues, human statues. I thought, how can I do a clown statue? And I thought, okay, I'll just be there. And uh, I'm not very good at staying still, which I'm not. And that would be my clown statue. I didn't really know how it was going to work. Anyway, I ended up with a little routine I did um, all through the summer. And then at the end of the summer there, you know, you get torrential rain and thunderstorms. Um, and I had a little clown umbrella with me, actually. <laughs> so I just stood there with my little clown umbrella. Everybody's <laughs> running like shit to get out. Of the, get out of the rain, get out of the rain. The hail. And he's going there. You know, for half an hour, me on my own, not earning any money. But for me, that was, that's that's it, you know. I'd be happy. I'd do that all the time. If someone paid me to do that, I'd stand out in the rain all day and all night. <laughs> Not quite sustainable, that though. If no, you, you, it, no, I'd struggle to justify why I'm paying a random clown to stand out in the pissing rain because it helps society, man. <laughs> Peace and love. Look at the zen that's coming through. What? Yeah. What do you think? What do you? What do you say to those assumptions of clowns that we've got? We've got. That you're you're actually secretly sad, oh, and no, that's I'm... why you're putting on that front. That's why you've got what, who sang who sang it? Tears of a Clown with Smokey Robinson. How does it go? Bum 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 bum. It's written by Stevie Wonder. Dun 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 Yeah, what's the words? I don't want the fucking instruments. It's got a really long bit before it gets to the chorus. There's a smile on my face. It's only there trying to fool the public. But when it comes, I'm still doing a bit of the. So it's got an upbeat tune, but it's actually really sad. A different subject. Tears of a clown. Thank you, you got there quicker than I was singing the whole song. Just fucking tears of a clown. Tears of a clown. So that assumption that clowns are actually really sad and they they want to become clowns to put on the front. Well, I'll put my academic hat on here to answer that one for me. Mm. Um, uh, That's all due to the modernists. Um, So, (laughs) dear, maybe I shouldn't have gone down here. You're picking up your pen. Oh. No, I very much want you to go down here. Okay, so uh, somewhere in the middle of the 19th century, um, generally in literature, art, performance, uh, culture, there's the kind of um, idea that that the truth isn't what it seems to be, but the truth is actually something that's other. You know, it's like behind the mask and all this kind of thing. Um, and uh, clowns are absolutely wonderful for that and actually clowns got painted by all those modernist painters picasso and and all that um and circus stuff because it's all it's all visual all the visual things so there's this idea that you know behind that visual happy lively you know positive innocent thing there must be something bad Ah. so there's a whole fashion for the sad thing you know the sad pierrot with a single, single tear. That, you know, that's from that time, late 19th century. So it could be that, that they're sad, or it could be that they're scary, you know. So, so that's that idea that things aren't what they seem. And ah. we've still got that. Wasn't there a point where clowns were also considered quite wise? So there's loads of fools always popping up in Shakespeare, hmm. but they're not just messing around. They often confront a character with the truth that everyone else can't see. Yeah. I think that links to what we were talking about before about um, clowns being licensed to do everything that we're not supposed to do. And that includes telling the truth because we're not supposed to tell the truth a lot of the time. As in, you know, you know, the emperor's new 
clothes or whatever that story is, you know. It's like, oh, but the kid says, but he's got no clothes on. Shh, don't say that. You're not supposed to say that. It's the emperor. So there's a lot of you're not supposed to do, which is linked to not telling the truth. So that's why clowns get to do it, because they're allowed to, you know, because there are no consequences because that's their role. So that that's my simple answer to that, yeah. I think I need a little break. But before we go any further, we should, of course, thank our lovely patrons who are our official sponsors. Joe Richie Rich Richmond, James Barnes, not John Barnes, Ben Shearer, Shearer, Jack the Lad Travis, Chris Ashsplash Ashman and RuPaul Rupert Elliott. To be more like Joe, James, Ben, Jack, Chris and Rupert, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show, the show. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Your name's John. It is. Is that your clown name? Uh, I don't really have a clown name, though I'm working on a new piece which will have a clown name. Really? Why don't you have a clown name? What do you call yourself then? I, 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 tried to, I tried clown names back in the day because I thought, oh, I should have a clown name. I don't really have a sense of who I am from the outside. And I've noticed that people who, performers who do, are very strongly identified a clown name and a clown persona do have a very strong sense of who they are from the outside as a performer and I've never had that like I said with acting before I didn't know why I was doing it I liked doing it I didn't know why I was doing it or if it was good or not and people said it's good so I thought okay I trust you but I've never really had that sense of who I, who I am uh, so I can't really name myself Could we come up with a clan name for Joe? If Joe were a Ooh, clan yeah. where would we begin John? This is interesting, actually. I've been coming up with names lately. My, my wife asked me the other day what my drag name would be. Ooh, yeah. And, and I put some thought into it. And I said, well, what are the rules around drag names? It's usually an innuendo of some sort. And I said, no, that's too common. You know, but what, what would I be? And then I went with um, Josephine Lambrini. Yeah, nice. You know, because I'd, I'd, I'd be walking around with some cheap... I like I like red wine. But you obviously have to go the extreme, so I'll go with the cheap 
rosé of Lambrini, which I actually did grow up drinking, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I thought Josephini Lambrini is a very good drag name. I don't know how to make a clown name. How do you make a clown name then? I don't know. I'm, you're asking the wrong You're the like, wrong, you're the wrong, the wrong clown, clown to ask. <laughs> did you ever have nicknames that you hated when you were a kid? That um, might be a source. Because it's often in when you feel, when you're pointed at and when you're humiliated, or I, when yeah. you're made fun of. I don't want to be. No, I remember vividly when I was in year two. So how old would I have been? Eight? Seven. Seven. And um, I had a, a... My best friend at school was called Matt Curd. And we used to... We came up one day with called Matt Curd is a turd. Yeah? As basic as that for a seven-year-old. Yeah. And they turned around and called me Joe Marler the pizza parlour because I, <laughs> I was fat. And they were, oh, I'm glad you're laughing at my historical child abuse. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Marla Pizza Parlor. And I was fat. And I remember getting really upset. I was like, he's called me Pete. And I look, and I'm like, that's fucking ludicrous. Joe Marla Pizza Parlor is much better than Matt Curd the Turd. And yet he was actually all right with it. So um, that was a nickname I didn't particularly like. Mm. I I was also then called Psycho, which I liked. Could work. So, if you want to get into the scary clown business, yeah. So maybe we could do half and half. I could be <laughs> psycho the pizza parlor. Psych. S- s- uh, what type of pizza do I like? I like a mighty meaty with a barbecue uh, sauce and a really extra thin crusty base, but it's a bit long winded for a clown name. Yeah. So we we'll go with uh, barbecue pizza psycho clown. Or if you wanted something a bit punchy, could you not just call yourself Krusty the Clown? It's been taken, mate. Where's the originality? Oh, I just thought you might like it with the pizza connection. No, it's probably, charcoal Krusty. Cr- Krusty's got these connotations with that you don't change your pants. Um, that could be clownish, though, couldn't it, John? Isn't that part of the? Yeah, it could be. Could that's be a this. really. That's going to be a really unpopular clown. Yeah. I'm not choosing <laughs> Krusty the Clown who doesn't change his pants for well, my seven-year-old's birthday. My new clown is going to have a name. New clown is going to be Poo Poo the Clown. Poo Poo the Clown, good, yeah. yeah. Specifically deals with shit, does he? Yes, yes, he does. Right, yes. The playing it's, it's with a it. shit act. It's a shit. Very good. Really shit act. <laughs> <laughs> Poo Poo the Clown. What would your clown name be, Tom? Did you have a nickname when you were young you didn't like? The most recent in them, I think I told you before, was Ron, because I went out with a girl at college who had a very posh friend who misheard when I was introduced to her. And because I was from Essex, she thought my name was Ron. So, so you want to be Ron the Clown? Yeah, but I think it sounds, <laughs> sounds a bit parochial, so like a 70s car mechanic clown. That's like someone calling their dog Malcolm. Or Dave. Dave the dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, okay, all right, you're what, Ron the Clown? I'll be Ron the Clown. Isn't Ron your neighbour? Ron is my neighbour, that complicates it. Oh. But here's something I've wondered, John. You could dress up in your neighbour's clothes and then you'd have a... a His neighbour's 80, what? He's 86. Exactly. 86. That would be wrong, wouldn't it? See what you're doing. No, no. Would it be Ron or wrong? <laughs> Sorry. Here's a question. <laughs> yes. If, if Joe and, and I, because I was thinking, what? Well, yeah, could Joe and I be a sort of double act as a clown? And I suddenly thought, are clowns all solitary? Mm, they, uh, so again, historically, there's solo clowns, there's duo clowns, duos, there's trios, there's whole groups of them. Depends on you know what's fashionable at the time. Lately, in, in circus, which is a kind of bit outmoded now, it's still going. Traditional clowns in circuses are mostly solo 
these days. Because um, the the duo they used to have with what was called the white faced clown, which was like this, the kind of the serious one, the mean one, uh, with the other one, which is more stupid and the red nosed one. Um, that that duo was popular for decades and decades. But then they kind of ditched the serious one and think, oh, I don't need you, you know, I'm I'm funny without you. So clowns have ended up being solo. And what they do now is they use a lot of volunteers because they need someone to to actually play the clown. That's my theory anyway. So they need someone to sort of make the mistakes and look a bit silly um, and to be put in the shit. Um, so they use a lot of volunteers. So that's that's the solo stuff. But, yeah, duos are good. I think, I think you two would... Um, would work well i'm seeing now that joe you would be the one to definitely uh, put your friend here in in shit and make him do things <laughs> you are you suggesting that i would be the bully in the relationship yes i am okay yeah let's, um, let's but if you're saying that i have to do that then you know i have no. to play that role or do you want me to be a little bit more submissive and maybe we flip it people would expect me to be the bully yeah so tom being the smaller guy in the duo yeah. actually turns around and he's the one beating me with blow-up hammers. That could or, be. Or um, what other gadgets do clown... He's the one squirting me with a with a flower yeah. from his thing. What, what do his you nipple. use... From, from my nipple, from my lactating nipple. <laughs> Excellent. What, uh, <laughs> what, what about gadgets, clown gadgets? Do you oh, use any? I or? love gadgets, actually. I'm a bit of a gadget boy. What are we looking at, like... Slapstick, electrical hand oh. handshake one. Or? Oh, electrical! Oh no, I'm a bit scared of those. Okay. Yeah, I'm a bit, yeah, a bit of a scaredy cat with the uh, electrics. No, uh, yeah, I recently bought um, uh, what they call a crying rig, and a crying rig is the thing is the thing for fake tears. I mean, it's very it's very obvious if you're like here in the same room, but it's designed for circus clowns. I bought it off a guy in the states who makes props for circus clowns it's basically a copper tubing that wraps around your head and comes on like from the like you got your glasses on but backwards so it sticks out over the top of your ears forwards and it's got a tube that goes down somewhere into your costume and you've got a squeezy bottle thing on the end full of water and you squeeze that and the water shoots out from beside your eyes not in your eyes so it's like having a laser beam but with water with water yeah without the danger without the danger I really like that. I think. I mean, people think, "What are you doing with that, John?" But, but I think it's really funny because it's just so obviously mechanical. So uh, yeah, I do like that one. So you could you could do that one. I think, Joe. I think you'd be good at doing the. I'll be fake honest. Tears. I, I used to pride myself on on fake tears, being able to cry at will, and I haven't done it for a while actually. Have so. you not? Do you want to have a go? <laughs> so I'll try and describe. Okay. Joe's currently just gone very. He looks stricken. Almost expressionless. Yeah, he's staring into the distance. Blinking as if he's realised the true horror. It's <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do it. Oh, I, I feel it. I am going half. I'm going half crying. Can you see it? Okay. Can yeah. you see it? If, Can you see it? You, if you had this, this setup that John's just described, the cob piping, I was going to suggest that you could use it in a Quinns game, and mm. then I remembered what happened with the... And the I just thought... Probably the wrong club. Yeah, it's naughty, isn't no. it? Yeah, yeah, a bit naughty using squirting water at stuff. Apparently, it's not allowed. What about famous clown idols? Is, is are there clowns out there that you looked up to as to go, fuck he or she? They are creme de la creme of the clowns. Yeah, I remember seeing um, a Russian guy called. Um, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that! Oh, you loved him that hard. 
Did he like vodka? Was he or vodka no. the clown? Andre, Andre, Jigalov, Jigalov is called. Yep. Uh, I saw him in Spain with his then partner, Hungarian guy, big guy. Uh, and, and they did these kind of classic acts where um, the, the serious one would be out there. He's going, I'm going to play a flute concerto. I mean, he's dressed up with top hat and everything. It's very classical. And then, then Jigalov would come in with his kind of, looked like he was wearing horrible underwear, maybe soiled, and, and would just sort of get in the way and... um it would end up with him throwing water on himself as a punishment to himself for being so stupid and so annoying in interrupting the the flute concerto. Because he'd spend the whole thing trying to get the water in the other guy's hat so that he would get wet, and then he, when he got caught, he just threw it on himself. It's kind of utter sort of, OK, I'll humiliate myself. And I found that not just hilarious to the point of tears, but actually, you know, tragic as well, but not in a bad way. You know, it's like, wow king humans you know what are we so that that for me was my 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 idol for a long time yeah would you describe people like buster keaton and harold lloyd and charlie chaplin are they clowns yeah absolutely yeah so you know cinema age circus kind of decayed with tv and so on um to live stage entertainment popular entertainment like vaudeville music hall that went into decline with uh, you know cinema uh, and all those artists you know like the ones you've mentioned went from the stage into into film and the ones that could actually you know understand film how it worked were the successful ones you know Chaplin's the prime example yeah definitely definitely clowns and then if you follow that lineage all the way through the idea of an ordinary person who is just slightly tweaked so they're not they're awkward and it's not quite right is that when you get someone like Mr Bean yeah, totally. I mean, it's quite tweaked for our taste now. <laughs> is your, is it I, just lo- I love Mr. I Bean. I love him so hard. The actions, <laughs> is the way he gestures, the physical, and the fact that the reason he's so popular around the world is because it's all done on body language mm. and the movements that, and the silliness he does. You don't need to hear him speak no. or, or have that. It's just brilliant. The kids love him. My kids absolutely Mine, love him. And I I'll, think he's the funniest thing in the world. And I would sit there for hours with them watching it. I'd mm. wait for them. In fact, when they go to bed, I'd still leave it on <laughs> and just sit there watching it. He's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, exactly, Mr Bean, that's kind of tweaked. But, but, you know, you could be even more subtle if you wanted to be. He's not. I don't think he's that subtle, but it's in that lineage, yeah, definitely. Sorry, I'm going to burp. I'm just warning you. Please it's do. Not, it's not a clown thing. Okay. <laughs> that was such a clown burp. <laughs> it was because you gave it a massive build-up and it just fell out That's like a little such cheeky a clown one. thing. So I'm going to burp, but you know it's not on purpose. Uh, it was pathetic. <laughs> it was a pathetic burp. And it was really good. <laughs> pathetic is well, that's a good name for clown pathetic the clown Pathet- poo poo pathetic <laughs> there you go poo poo pathetic the clown yeah <laughs> so, you're yeah. pulling all sorts of heartstrings with that one. Oh no yeah i'm gonna get yeah big demographic good yeah get the shit lovers and the <laughs> and the romantics I, I believe it's uh specifically called scat loving um uh, <laughs> i don't know much about it but no, i know, no, I don't I know, know. what it's called <laughs> You go for it, poo poo pathetic. <laughs> anyway, Josephine so, yes. Lambrini will join you just to. Just... Okay, yes, so Ron, as I was saying. Thank you. 
How do you feel when I call you Ron? I don't mind actually. It's like a different persona. Yeah, mate. There you go. You see, yeah, I think yeah. we're getting there. We're getting Ron. there. Yeah, Poo Poo Pathetic and Josephine Lambrini. I, I think I prefer my drag name to my clown name. Um, what is what? It's a bit, and it's a very general, broad question. But ultimately, what's the purpose of a clown? Is the purpose of a clown just to make people laugh, entertain? something different is it someone you just have a, a child's party or mm. what is the purpose that you're yeah. trying to achieve i mean you just mentioned with your kids watching mr bean what what was it why was that important to you they were happy watching it they were laughing hearing them enjoy themselves and then copy it yeah and then make each other laugh by doing it yeah um they just love it and for you, that meant what? That made me happy. Yeah. Seeing they, them happy. And it also gave me more tips on how to be slapstick silly yeah. around them to try and make them like, oh, there's a good way. They don't understand my sarcasm. Ah. So, uh, but they do actually like Mr. Bean stuff. So I'll do that. So it's about how you interrelate with them. So it was about, it's about how yeah. you interact. Yeah. So it's about interactions. So I think um, for me, that's the point clowns it's about these kind of interactions where we interact with each other either just by watching it or by you know because we we can all clown socially you know or in family or whatever you know or in private on your own even maybe you know with the mirror in the bathroom that's a good exercise actually come to that one um but you can it's it's about interactions with people for me interactions where we kind of relieve ourselves a bit of um uh, sorry, my mind's going to poo-poo the clown again. Sorry, <laughs> where we relieve ourselves of um, the burden of of, of how of, of how we're supposed to do things, you know, and we're supposed why to do act you, like why this. Why do you need Why do you need to be why a clown do we, to do that though? No, we don't need to be a clown to do that. We can all do it, and we all do it. But clowns do it in a kind of more extreme, practiced way, so that same as actors take on dramatic roles so we can watch these terrible things happen that we don't want to happen but we want to watch them mm. you know disaster movies it's the other end you know uh, Buster Keaton you know that's like he was a kind of strange crossover between comedy and stuntman yeah, hanging off the clock face yeah so it's actually really scary or oh, I watched Harold Lloyd some of the, yeah recently and it's like I'm actually really nervous about this you know I know he's dead already so he's not <laughs> <laughs> and he's not it was dying again and i know it's, it's quite a thing yeah it? yeah is it not a really for you because right this has suddenly made me think joe when you were talking about mr bean and how watching mr bean you do more slapstick thing right, as a as a dad i think particularly you always want to make your kids laugh and if i think about the thing that i do that makes the kids laugh more than anything else if they're sitting up at the at the island in the kitchen having their tea You've got all the pans hanging above us and then you've got the cutlery drawer. And the thing that makes them laugh more than anything else <laughs> is if I get a saucepan and, and then pretend to drop it on my head and then I open the drawer and pretend to trap my finger in it and then I, out of the cutlery drawer I take out the tongs and I give them this big lecture, like clicking them in front of my face, how you've got to be really careful with these tongs not to get anything. And then I get my nose caught in it and they piss themselves. And as a parent, that makes you happy. But you, John, surely that's, you've got that power when you're a clown, you're you are making people laugh and you are making people happy. That's an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, I really like your description. Like, yeah, that's what it feels like, and the the feeling of because I think with kids, so you mentioned kids quite a lot here, is that 
you know, when we're growing up, we get so we want to grow up. I, I realized this years ago when we had a show, there was two clowns of us in Spain, and we had a show for adults for theaters. We didn't get much work, so we said, Let's do a version for kids. And um, we did that, and we got loads of work because there's networks for kids' theater and stuff. And we do the show, and there's two stupid clowns, both similar types, really idiots on stage, getting everything wrong, kids going crazy, you know, like 600 kids in the theater screaming at you, No, you don't do it like that. No, no, stop it. You know, and they're all telling you not to do it like that. We thought, There's something wrong here. And um, so we got a colleague to. In, be in the show to be the serious one. He'd come in every five minutes and say, okay, I'm just going away for five minutes. Now, don't mess it up. You know? <laughs> and, and the kids would go, yeah, yeah. And they, they'd calm down and those shows were much better. Because, and I thought, yeah, kids want to play and mess about and do things and, and do what they want. You know, but they also want to be grown-ups. You know? And there's that anxiety. I don't know, this, is a bit of a, this might sound a bit of a stupid psychological theory but you know if we're growing up trying to learn how to do things properly like we're told there's always this anxiety like i don't know if i can do that i don't know if i want to do that or why should i do that you know and then clowns you know release it and just go yeah actually sometimes you don't have to be good you can just be shit (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah so that's and for people learning clowning i find that that's also that really impacts on people learning clowning it's about like yeah actually I can I can just be my worst self now for fun and nobody cares and you're not going to judge me and I can just be really stupid and even not be funny at all and still you think, oh, that's all right. That's so liberating, Joe, isn't it? Just listening to you talk like that <laughs> and the questions that you've asked, Tom, I'm like, there's, there's so much crossover between clowning. I thought we'd just sit here and talk about all the silly shit clowns do. What's it like to make kids laugh? What's it like to have... A, a bad reputation of being scary what's it like to just do weird shit but the more you've spoken and the deeper we've delved into it there's so much crossover between just letting go and clowns giving you an opportunity to either feel like you're being poo poo pathetic and you can live through poo poo pathetic because of, of all the strange shit he's doing that you wish you could do and you can't because you're too embarrassed to do it or you know it's it's a bit of a metaphor to of just don't worry don't worry about getting judged because we always worry about being judged all the time don't we it's easy to say don't worry about being judged and yet we always worry about being judged yeah and whether you're whether you've been brought up to expect that people expect a lot of you and think yeah he's, like i was brought up in my family the one in the family that oh yeah john he's good at that and he's good at that and he can do this and he can do that you know great you know i like doing things well but you know i think maybe that's why i'm a clown you know so i can get to be really bad um whereas my elder sisters you know weren't brought up with that but they were like more criticized maybe so then they're not clowns They've got a good sense of humour, but they're not clowns. They're serious people um, because, you know, but or if you've been brought up saying, like, you're, you're crap, you know, you're always, oh, you're good for nothing. Good for nothing, that's a good um, definition of a clown. Well, you know, you're useless, you know. So a lot of people get told that as well. And then, you know, there's a whole lot of anxiety about learning to do things properly. Um, so, yeah, somewhere around that, I think, is what we're for. We are useful. <laughs> We are useful, I promise. Yeah. I promise, honestly. And if we're not useful, it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we're useful or not. No, no. I'm going to keep going. You know, yeah, I don't really know why I'm doing it. 
still <laughs> after all these years. Joe, I've got to say, I have really, really enjoyed chatting to John today. So have I. Mm, I didn't. Too. I had no idea it would go like down me. this route, and I've loved it. I was a little bit scared to begin with. I was like, "Fuck, where's this going to go?" And then, like you, the words you've just said, it's really liberating to to think about the stuff that you actually do at at clown school. Even saying clown school out loud is silly, but you're like, "Oh, I, I really like it." John <laughs> slash poo poo pathetic. <laughs> I'm afraid that's been trademarked. You just have to that's sit. It. No, in fact, you can have that. Poo poo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Cheers, I'm not mate. sure Ron's gonna really it make it. It's a bit it. flat when you say Ron on its own. Durable when you Ronald? precede Ron. Ronald, yeah. When you precede Ron with poo 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 pathetic. Poo poo nothing. Bongo, bingo, bongo. But if we were a trio, you'd have Ron and poo poo pathetic and Josephine Lambrini. Yeah. So Ron is contrasting. So that's funny because you've got a boring name, and we've got stupid names. I've got a rude name, and you've got. And I've a, got a cr- I've got a clown drag crossover name. Yeah, you are. So that'll ask. Loads of the kids will be questioning, like, "What the fuck is that? What <laughs> What is going on here? He's a clown. Is he male? Is he female? Where he can't work it out?" And then you've got Ron. You've got Ron. John, thank you so much Thanks, for coming John. on. Thanks, Thanks mate. Tom. Cheers, John. Joe, I'm looking at you and we have got happy expressions on our faces because without wanting to put words in your mouth, I feel we really, really, really enjoyed chatting to John. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was a little bit worried to begin with. I thought, oh, hang on. I thought this was just going to be all about clowns and funny comedy shit and stuff like that. And then I really enjoyed where it went. Somewhere completely different, somewhere completely obscure... Like an onion. This episode is like an onion in the sense that it's got layers or layers, as Mary Berry would say, and that the more you listen to it, the layers strip off and you get to the middle of that onion and you go... <laughs> it tastes the same. This is a great onion. <laughs> There's no bruises to it. It's just a great onion. And I'm going to chop this onion up good. <laughs> and I'm going to serve it in my bolognese. <laughs> what are you going to do with all the layers that you've dispensed with? Because you ain't got much onion left anymore. I will dip them in egg. An eggy onion. And then flour. And then I'll deep fry them. And I'll make onion rings. <laughs> so ultimately what I'm trying to say is, give it a chance. And if you want to support the show, search for... Joe Marler Show on Patreon. If you want another podcast to listen to, Joe and I would recommend Death of a Sports Star. Now, these are really unique documentaries about people like John Alomu, Kobe Bryant, Diego Maradona and others. Go and listen to an episode. Tell your friends to do the same. Just search for Death of a Sports Star in your podcast app. Right, so I've got all these onion rings (laughs) that I've cooked and I want to share them with our next guest. But who is it? Our next guest, Joe, is someone who was in a cult. <gasps> the Wicker Man. A different cult, like the Wicker Man, but not. End of, lost of days, end of days. Joe, there's so many, that's the thing about cults. It could be David Koresh, it could be Jim Jones, the lunatic in Jonestown. It could be Charles Manson. Cults everywhere, Joe, cults everywhere you look. Gandhi? Not a cult. <laughs> 
Proud Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.